It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Yeah, the White House has been floating ideas for how they plan to maybe increase taxes to cover some of their new spending. What does it mean for you, though? And uh, what are the things that you could be doing to prepare for potentially higher taxes in the future? We're going to cover that and more on today's episode. Shocking. Shocking we've done so many shows about stimulus, and now we're doing a show about potentially higher taxes. Crazy. No, we're going to be positive. (laughs) We're going to help you today. If you have questions for us, we'd love to help you. And either whatever, if it's a personal question, you've got some needs going on in your financial life, we're here to help. If you have a question for the show, we'll tackle that too. Reach out to us. You can find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. Submit questions right there on the right. You can call or text us, 574 222 That's 574-222-2000. And then all over social media, we are there. And so are you. Just search The Wise Money Show. I feel a little bit like, you know, it's interest rates. Josh and I, we started our careers at about the same time, um, early 2000s. And interest rates were really low. And we, everyone thought, well, they'll just be going up at some point. And they just keep going down. And it was at the same time, it was like, yeah, this is a pretty favorable tax rate environment. Taxes will be going up at some point. And they've gone down for 20 years, almost, right? right. We, we've been wrong our entire careers. <laughs> for, it's on very interest humbling. rates and taxes, we <laughs> might be right now. Uh, they, you know, So taxes, the White House announced with their new stimulus plan, some proposed changes and increases with taxes. So we're going to share what those are, share about the likelihood of this even, you know, increases taxes actually happening, but but more importantly, what you should be doing about it. But let's get into it first. I mean, you guys really think they're going to have the votes here? You think taxes are on the rise? Well, this is a show about financial planning. So <laughs> I just want to talk about financial planning. Have you ever, have you ever, um, seen like a, a a singer that it, they're supposed to sing and they go out and they start talking about politics or a basketball player we've all seen it goes yeah. out and starts singing or you know people doing what they're not supposed to do so we're going to try and stay in our lane here and answer the question what what happens with taxes now people intuitively have said with all of the stimulus money that's been printed and all of these other issues, they're going to have to raise taxes in order to pay for it. But that's somewhat disingenuous because if we're honest with ourselves, there's not an attempt to pay for it. Yeah, no. that's exactly right. Not even close. So, so if you look at modern monetary theory and, and you study that, you'll understand that in order to pay for these things that, that uh, the government wants to do, whether it's uh, direct payments or fill in the blank, they're 
they can they're going to print the money and do it right that, that, which makes me which makes me feel more convinced over the past 12 months and 24 months as we've watched this unfold that gosh if they increase taxes i mean what really what's the point of taxes anyway and modern monetary theory has a says what the role of taxes is um but i so what do you think i mean you think they raise taxes with this you think they have the votes I think they they use this crisis as an opportunity to raise taxes to maybe expand some other programs, expand some spending on things that are not directly tied to coronavirus. There were no new taxes that were coming in to cover the the pandemic, you know, crisis response, all these economic stimulus checks. That's just all borrowed money, right? Yeah. Yep. And the, the reality is, if there was no pandemic, we would still be borrowing money every single year. I mean, you, you have to. I, when was the last time Congress had a balanced budget? It was during what, the 90s, yeah, right? Clinton. For, for maybe a couple years in there, we actually had a government that was bringing in enough revenue to cover their own spending. Mm-hmm. And that revenue, of course, comes from taxes. But um, yeah, if, if you look at what Congress's outlook for the budget is over the next 10 years, this year they, they were projecting. $2.3 trillion they were going to need to borrow to cover all their spending. Without any stimulus. That's right. That was before the third round of stimulus, mm-hmm. or the fourth, or the fifth, <laughs> or whatever's coming next. I, I don't know. But $2.3 trillion, that is about 65% more than the revenue they were expecting to bring in. Mm-hmm. To, to put this in context, if if you are the average family in the country right now, you have income of about $88,000 as a household. That would be you spending somewhere in the neighborhood of 145000 each year that you are earning eighty eight. Yeah, That's what the, the government's doing this year. And it, for as far as you can see, it's $1.2 trillion or more with no intention of balancing the budget at all. And so, you know, you, you look at this, what, what we call deficit spending, and it's pretty evident that the government is using this as an economic stimulus tool. They're trying to just spend money to grow the economy, make us all feel happy, mm-hmm. and hope that maybe down the road this thing gets solved. Here's the interesting thing. So the 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 2.25 infrastructure stimulus proposal that the White House announced came with it a few different tax proposals as well. And the first one is r- increasing the corporate tax rate from 21%, which is where dropped to during the Trump tax cuts up to what 28 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also talking about making some changes to LLCs and S corps pass through entities which primarily uh, small businesses use and changing some of the tax treatment there. That's the second thing. Third, they're talking about increasing the highest tax rate, from 37% to 39.6%. That's where it was uh, before. And then taking capital gains, which are investments that obviously have performed well. And if your income's over a million bucks, having the tax, instead of being at capital gains rates, which are normally more favorable, switching that to ordinary income tax rates. Um, Here's, to me, now I just for the most part, believe in markets. There's a whole lot of manipulation going on with the money printing, but Wall Street gets it right most of the time. And Wall Street haven't, hasn't been concerned by this. Now, maybe they're euphoric about something else. 
But you think about tax rates going up for corporations, what's that, 20-some percent, a 25% increase in corporate taxes, pass-through entities and spend all the spending for small businesses, taxes changing there, um, capital gains rates, which they normally like to keep that, in, that tax rate lower because it encourages people to invest. It encourages people to invest and seek a profit. But you're going to start taxing that more. Uh, to me, that would, in a normal world, scare Wall Street. It, it doesn't look like it has. Very possible Wall Street is enjoying something else right now, the money printing. And so they say, well, we'll take this. The money printing's just fine. Or Wall Street is saying, this thing's not going to pass. We're not worried about it. Yeah, Wall, Wall Street is enjoying private gains and public losses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're, the, the issues that the, the big money guys have had have been bailed out time and time and time and time again. So the, it's, mean, it's possible, though. I mean, none of these really bode well for Wall Street. For the, for the market. From a tax perspective. From a tax perspective. But the, the stimulus, the spending right. itself is going to create some winners and losers, and maybe they're just believing that they're going to identify who those winners and losers and are. And I can tell you who the biggest loser is going to be. <laughs> is that right? He was pointing at me. If you, were, if you weren't watching on the YouTube channel, go check it out. He's pointing right at me. So, But, it, but okay, this, a lot of this is speculation. What we care about is you. We care about you taking your next wise step in your financial life. Maybe this whole thing's a distraction. Distraction, but if tax rates are on the rise, what should you be doing in your financial life? We're going to help you with that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If I told you taxes were on the rise and after you cleaned up the vomit right in front of you, um, what would you do in your finances, right? What action would you take right now to help improve your financial situation if if we were going to see taxes increase in the future? That's what we're helping you with right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, go check it out. Just search Wise Money Show and do me a favor at podcast. Here's how that works. You've got to rate the show. I, we, we appreciate that. We appreciate that feedback. And so rate the show and follow us on podcast. Listen to us there. So I don't think you've ever used the word vomit in an intro before. No? No, this is a first. Hey, well, never know. Tag so. this episode right there. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's hard not to when we're talking about taxes actually going up and attached to the new stimulus infrastructure program were some ideas on how the White House might be wanting to increase taxes and speculate a little bit as to whether taxes go up or not. But listen, if they are on the rise and there's lots of reason to think that they might be, okay, what should you be doing right now? Well, we always say this is a show about financial planning, right? And and tax planning is just one piece of your overall financial life. It's one of the lenses that you should be viewing not only your current reality, but your hopeful reality out in the future also. It's one of the places where you can find strategies to enhance or improve your financial life if, if you do it right. 
And so, you know, we always say that tax planning should be something that you weave throughout your entire financial plan. You're always looking for ways to save money in taxes. And so the, the very first thing is make sure you have a plan. Yeah. Make sure that tax planning is actually part of your overall plan. And, um, and that you're not just kind of passively getting tossed around by these changing tax winds and, um, and are not kind of charting your own course, reacting to whatever changes happen. Because here's the reality. They're always changing. The, the tax laws are constantly adjusting, and it means that maybe there are micro changes to your overall game plan that need to happen in response. I think the answer to, to the question, Mike, if you think taxes are going up in the future, what should you do now? The answer has to include pay taxes now. Mm. If you think I'm in a lower tax environment, and this, this whole idea of tax planning is so crucial. I, we, the, financial planning is an art. There are six areas of financial planning. Tax planning is one of them. And uh, I, was, I was working with some folks. Their income had a spike last year down um, about $350,000. And we knew that coming into November. And so when we sat down to do the tax planning, we said, well, what's our response to this going to be? And we took, um, we, we, they were old enough that they could get money. Once you're over 59 and a half, for the most part, you can move money out of your 401k to your IRA. So they moved money from their 401k to their IRA. They took the IRA, converted about $400,000 and paid um, they, they didn't get out of the 12% tax bracket. But instead of just having a big loss one year and then that goes away, and um, they, 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 they took the income and the loss in the same year. And so that planning was really, 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 really worked. I'm yeah. not, mm-hmm. and so this, but this is where you think, think about all the people that missed those types of opportunities last year and these are the things that if you if you have a business or if you have any kind of income you need tax planning don't think tax preparation think tax planning who's who can look at my entire financial life see all of it and then help me figure out what are the trade-offs what are the levers that i move and if i'm going into an environment where i'm either going to be taxed through the front door by the government or through the back door via inflation, I need to have a plan to deal with that. For sure. I, I love that. And, you know, taking that approach, it changes your whole focus on the tax return as well. Because, you know, there's a lot of folks, maybe you're one of them if you're listening today, where you've always judged your tax return as good or bad based on, hey, what kind of refund did I get? Was it a good year? I got a bigger refund than I thought, or was it a crummy year because I ended up having to write a check? Instead, redefining your tax return as, hey, how, how do I have influence on this in a way that reduces my overall tax liability, not just this year, but over the long haul? And there, there may be some years where you got a refund, and instead of high-fiving, you should be hanging your head saying, oh, I missed an opportunity here. Maybe I could have paid tax in the 10% bracket or the 12% bracket, something that hasn't existed forever and it won't exist forever. I missed a chance to pay more tax in those, in those brackets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a refund, which is great, maybe. But um, I, I say, hey, how do you take advantage of each year's opportunity, whatever it shakes out to be? So I, I, I think uh, there's, there's two investment or financial tools 
that parts of the Internal Revenue Code that I my mind immediately goes to when I think um, paying taxes now and avoiding taxes in the future, and that's the Roth IRA and the 529 plan. Okay, so the Roth IRA is where you're saving money into an account that has certain tax privileges to it based on the, the Internal Revenue Code, how it's set up. You do not get a benefit today when you contribute the money. It's, it's after tax. Um, but then all the investment activity, the interest, the gains, and the dividends within that account, it's all sheltered. So it doesn't land on your tax return. And then if you qualify, and what's the qualification? you got to have a Roth IRA for five years and be 59 and a half. You pull that growth out tax-free. So that's the way. I was meeting with um, a 24-year-old this week who is laser-focused on his finances. Love it. Love it. It was very motivating. Just laser-focused, okay? Just starting his career and wants to invest and save. And we did the, the rule of 72. He had 17000 saved up already, but it was all in a simple IRA. Can you do a Roth simple IRA? No. No, you cannot. And so we talked about... How about you reduce your contribution down to just 3% into the simple so you get the full match, and then you max out your Roth IRA every year. Mm -hmm. And that moves that 17 and all the doubling, which by the time he was 67, if the doubles turn out accurate, would be about $550,000. So do you want that, that growth there from 17000 to five hundred and fifty? Do you want to pay tax on that, or do you want that to be tax-free? And he sort of laughed. He chuckled. He's like, yeah, I want that tax-free. That's how the Roth IRA works. And the 529 is essentially the same thing, except that money is tax-free that you withdraw that growth for college. Okay? So those are the two instruments I would tell you. If you're trying to retire someday or trying to help some kids or yourself with school someday, and you want to lock in today's low tax rates and avoid tax in the future, Roth and 529. I would add the HSA to that for those who are eligible for it as well. And that one adds the component that you do get a write-off when you make the contribution this year, but it grows tax-free, just like you were describing with the other two. As long as you pull it out in retirement or for medical expenses, um, you, you know, you're getting reimbursed essentially tax-free. It's wonderful. And I, it, it is a growth tool. I would, I, I'd actually put the HSA in front of those first two, but um, as, as a as a um, benefit, a tax benefit, because you get the write-off on the front end. The problem is most people are using their HSA incorrectly. They're using it wrong. And I say that strongly because your HSA, if you've got an opportunity to save money and have it be tax-free on the way in, have it be completely tax-sheltered, all the activity within it, and then pull the money out tax-free, wouldn't you want to put as much money in there as possible and leave it in there for as long as you can. And both of those, most people don't use their HSA that way. I started to this year. We're going to explain that a little bit more and then talk about, well, what else should you do if you're trying to shelter money from higher taxes in the future? That and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Okay, so so how do you use your HSA if you're eligible? 
in the most tax-advantaged way if if a little birdie told you taxes were going to go up in the future. We're helping you with that idea and others right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. I'm your host here with me in the KFG Studios, co-host Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Uh, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out if you haven't done so already. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, share the content, and leave comments as well. We appreciate that. Okay, so I left off talking about how most people use the HSA wrong, and it's not necessarily their fault, but we're sort of scripted in the idea of, okay, how much do I think I'm going to spend on medical expenses this upcoming year? Oh, I think it's this number. I'll put that much into my HSA, and then as those expenses come up, I'll use the money. And, and I would actually encourage you, especially in today's tax environment and potentially a rising tax environment, think about it differently. How much can you actually put in there, not how much will you actually spend in medical expenses? So look at the, the maximum that you can contribute, which in this year, $3,600 for an individual. Um, double that for a family, add another 1000 if you're 55 or older. But other than that, it's really simple to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... When you have medical expenses, see if you can work your budget so that you pay for those out of pocket and not out of your HSA. And if you've got that structure in place, then you can say, my HSA money is actually long-term money, and I can invest that and have it grow for the future and then pull the money out tax-free in retirement to either reimburse yourself for those medical expenses you paid out of pocket or cover future medical expenses. For us, we've been so fortunate that we've hit our deductible four years in a row. Um, so, but I just, I was so sick of it. I finally told Cindy at the beginning of this year, no, 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 no. We are adjusting our budget. We are paying our medical expenses out of pocket. That's a huge sacrifice because we've already, <laughs> we haven't hit the deductible, but we're stinking close. And, uh, and that's a huge sacrifice. But the, the ability to have pre-tax money going in, tax sheltering as it grows, and then t- pull it out tax-free, it's unlike anything else. Well, what you're describing is that you're using the HSA as a retirement savings vehicle. Yeah. And it is a powerful one. We said in the last segment that you get a tax write-off up front, and when you draw the money out, if you're reimbursing yourself for medical expenses or, or you're in retirement. But the, the point, though, of the HSA for many people, even if they're doing it uh, you know, they're using the tool as a medical reimbursement plan, not as a, a retirement savings vehicle, is the HSA is a demonstration that you're planning ahead for medical bills. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's what you added. When, when you switched gears and you started using the HSA for retirement savings, you still built in a game plan to plan ahead for your medical bills. Oh, you, right? you can't make the choice and say, hey, I heard these, these guys on the, the show say I should invest my HSA, you can't say yes to that without also building in the infrastructure into your life so that you can manage the medical expenses that inevitably come up a different way. So that's what you got to figure out, work with your CFP on that. But that's, but that's what preparing for taxes and inflation do. Yes. They, the, the, the first step is not, Hey, I need to invest differently or find a different tax shelter or fill in the blank. No, I need to go back to my budget and figure out how do I prepare. When I was in in Turkey in 2002, you're driving through the country and you see all of these these houses that are half finished, uh. and they're not, they're not they're not constructed. They're, you know, the, you, you have the first 
story, and then the second story, it's just rebar and concrete, and you're like, what is going on? You, to, you know what's going on? Inflation. The, 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 the price of materials went up so high as they were, as they were building what, what they had planned at the beginning of the build, they weren't able to complete by the end. You're going to have to make me you know, th- clean up this throw up again because I, I feel like that, <laughs> that could happen the way things are going. But I, we're going to stay on the positive side. But, that, um, right. but so, so that's another thing. This is not as fun to talk about. But if we're going to see taxes going up in the future, you better make sure right now that you've got a clue in on your budget. Because if your tax change, if, if your taxes change and now all of a sudden FICA is going to be in your paycheck for a lot longer or more FICA or your tax rates are higher, you're going to have to adjust your, your monthly cash flow in your budget. Let me ask you this. So, so we said we love the Roth. So figure out the, there's two ways to get money into a Roth. You can con- tribute to it. You can also convert into it. Work with your CFP to see which one makes sense. 529 plan, the HSA. Kevin, you started your career slightly before Josh and I, about a decade before, and it was bef- it was right before the Roth IRA came about, mm-hmm. right? And life insurance was used a lot as a tax shelter. Now, it was inappropriately used and sold a lot. And so, like, but if taxes go up, do you take another look at life insurance as being a tax shelter? Well, it is a tool. And and so you say, well, if I if I need to cut a four by eight sheet of plywood in half, do I use a hammer? And you say, that's probably the wrong tool. So we, you want to match up the tool to the job. And so life insurance can be a, a, a tool. Um, what you want to make sure you're doing, again, this is why planning is so important. You want to look at what are all of the opportunities? What are mm-hmm. all of the tools in my toolbox? Mm-hmm. And then because you might not use that one first, right? If your goal is to have some tax sheltered growth, you might not start with the life insurance well, and because if, of that that second word, the word growth, right, right? Because at one of the breaks, Kevin, you, you made a great observation. You said, Mike and I were talking about the different cookie jars you can use but ignoring the cookies themselves. Right. And yes, life insurance might be another cookie jar, but what you're ultimately investing in inside of it is not really a growth tool. In real life, I never ignore the cookies. Like I I care (laughs) way more about the cookie than the jar. Sure. And in in real life, I was able to get my cookies eaten in the first 50 years. (laughs) Most people take a lifetime. So I'm, I, I, uh, I I know how to hustle. Um, so, but the, the issue is with, with life insurance, I think about this, I, I look at a life insurance policy that my dad has and I think, yeah, inflation, the dollars that, that will be received someday when my dad leaves this earth are going to be worth a fraction of what they were when they when we first took this out. And so when you look at the the impacts of inflation cuz Mike you said if you wanted to um if you're looking for some investments uh you know consider permanent life insurance I would agree with that that consider it but if you're also looking for complexity and and uh, yeah. it it there it adds some some layers to your life that most people aren't interested in it, they might be interested in it up front. I have a I have a client in Florida who's like, hey, this really cool guy wants to sell me this huge index universal life policy, and it sounds really cool, and all the cool kids are doing it. And I'm like, well, 
Yeah, the, um, and remember parachute pants? No one's wearing those anymore either. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck with this thing. Right, right. right. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're stuck with parachute pants for the you rest of your life. <laughs> like, you got you glue those things on. Hey, this is my wardrobe. That's what it's like with the, with some of these, these tools. Doggone vanilla because, ice. But, but, but life insurance and even annuities, and it's we're not even supposed to say that word, because but those are tools often oversold and 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 not chosen for the right purpose but they were popular back when oh i'm trying to get any tax shelter i can get because taxes are so high we haven't had to worry about that for 25 30 years i wonder if we'll have to start worrying about that right and 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 the and just remember not all life insurance policies are created equal not all annuities are created equal that's right yeah so yeah so okay so if if you're struggling here's the big idea if taxes are on the rise, hopefully you got some different ideas and you can kind of consider, well, what am I doing right now in regards to those things? But really, you got to consider those ideas with your certified financial planner. You've got a lot of moving pieces within your financial life. You want to make decisions that bring synergy to all of them. All right, we've got a lot more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Your company is offering a simple IRA. Should you do it? You're 21 years old. Is that what you should be investing in? Ah, great question from Dalton, fan of the show. We got... That answer coming up. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Make sure you stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media. Just search the Wise Money Show and follow us there. Uh, that's what Dalton did, and he sent us an email with his question, which you go to wisemoneyshow.com, submit a question right there on the right, turns into an email, comes to me. Hey, I am 21 years old. My company is offering me a simple IRA program, exclamation point. That's what I'm talking about, Dalton. Get excited, bud. (laughs) Should I get in the program? They will match up to 3% of what I put in, exclamation point. Thanks, Dalton. What you guys think? I like that you brought his enthusiasm to this question. That's that's awesome. I, I think, Dalton, you have to get into this. And, um, you know, there, there are some out there, some authors, some, you know, big radio personalities that would say, oh, you got to get your emergency fund in place. You need to pay off all of your credit card debt and any other consumer debt, and then maybe think about retirement. But when you have an employer who's willing to join you in preparing for your retirement, 3%, uh, it's it's not free money because it's costing them out of their pocket, but it's for your benefit. It's free to you. That three percent, you, you can't leave that on the table, right? You can't you can't go a bunch of years without participating in the simple IRA and taking advantage of that extra help that you can you can get. So bare minimum, I would recommend that you at least get going on the three percent. Now, whether or not you should do more than 3%, that's where we start getting into the it depends kind of answers. Well, right? yeah, okay, and we've argued about this before. I, it, Dalton, I'd tell you, say 15%. Get started with that habit. Say 15% towards retirement. Should it all say. go into the simple IRA? Now, depends how you have your cash flow structured. 
because if if you say, okay, Mr. Wise Money Guy, well, well I'll do 15%, but I'll if I don't have all 15% going into my simple IRA, if it hits my checking account, it's going to be really hard for me to save that extra money. I, I, so I, I might not do it. Then I would say throw all 15% in the simple. But from a tax strategy standpoint, uh, <laughs> I would consider, I'm just thinking, you're 21 years old. My guess is you're, you have higher earning years in the future. Maybe, I, I think it's, it's a decent assumption that you'll earn more at age 41 than at age 21. So I would want you to pay the tax on your investment dollars now and have them grow tax-free. So doing 3% into the simple to get the full match and then have the discipline to save the other 12%, quote unquote, into a Roth IRA if you can. But so here's where you can get out of the discipline game and into that same automatic contribution game. That's what you were saying about the simple IRA. It's wonderful that your employer will just pull that out of your paycheck. You don't have to think about it. You make one decision and then it just goes on its own, right? But you can do the same thing into a Roth IRA by just setting up an automatic contribution out of your bank account. It can happen every single month, and hopefully you just forget it's even happening. Maybe what you do is you have a portion of each paycheck deposited into a specific bank account that's going to feed that Roth IRA for you. And that way, you get the automatic contributions going, and and you, you don't have to be making a manual or a, a, a great intention-based uh, decision every single month. Um, instead, it just happens automatically, and it's happening into an account that will grow tax-free. I, I know you have a comment here, Kevin, but I want to just point out what Josh just said because that that's very helpful. For me, I have my Roth funded. It pulls out automatically on the 15th of every month, and it has to come out of the checking account. So it's one decision. It's set up automatically, but I do have to think about it. I got to make sure I've got enough float on the 15th because of you know the checks are deposited every two weeks, blah, blah, blah. But the idea of carving out a little bit of your paycheck and having it go directly into a separate account and having your Roth contributions automatically pulled from that separate account, that is what I'm not doing that. That's a great idea. Brilliant. It, it basically still puts it in play where the money's coming out for your savings before you see it. Love it. Great, great suggestion, Josh. Yeah, I think Dylan. The, the big question at twenty one is what Dalton, is your, huh? Dalton. Yeah. I think you said Dylan. Yeah, both cool names, say, hey, but we're yeah. talking to Dalton. So, I wanted to point that out because Kevin often says he's great with faces, terrible with names, or something like that. <laughs> so okay. nice, nice job. <laughs> so yeah, so I think the big question, Dalton, is where first of all, what's your marital status, and what is your what is your what is your income. Yeah, because if you have a great income, the limit in 2021 is 13,500 into a simple IRA. And then if you're 50 plus, you can put another 2500 into. I think it's 3 grand. I yeah, 3 grand. That's yeah. Well, I'm I'm giving Dylan some bad information all the way around. <laughs> so 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 this is where you you want to work with a certified financial planner who actually knows what the limits are and can help you <laughs> Make a decision on whether or not you should do it. But so, Dylan, I would look at the at the decisions that you have to make um, 
with cash flow, because you have a ton of extra cash, and I would encourage you at 21, that's the time to get used to um, the austerity plan and having a ton of extra cash and starting to make a provision for your future, because this is when the habits are, are made. And so I love the idea of at least 3% into the simple IRA. I also love the idea of talking to your employer and saying, hey, listen, do you realize that we can't do Roth for uh, into the simple IRA? Because most people don't realize this, and so most a lot of smaller employers like to set up a simple IRA because it is truly simple. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. It's inexpensive. There are some. There's more complexity with a 401k that doesn't exist with a simple, but. With the 401k, you can take after-tax money and get it to grow tax-free forever on the raw side of the 401k, which is absolutely beautiful. Why, why do you think they don't have a, a, a simple Roth IRA? Because it wouldn't be simple anymore. That's right. <laughs> I mean, why don't they have loan provisions on a simple IRA? Well, that's that's you, you can't say Roth option and loan option are are equal. I, come on, it's 2021, folks. <laughs> Congress, get it together. I want to see a Roth simple IRA. All right. Uh, Anne reached out with a question in reference to withdrawing money from a 401k early. What's the optimal amount to take out to minimize taxes? Zero. <laughs> Is it taxed just like regular income? So I could take increments out each year and expect it to be taxed at the regular tax rates. That's that's a fair question, Ann. That's a good question. How is. How, is, how are withdrawals taxed? So so when you pull money out of a retirement plan that's never been taxed before, like a 401k, or you could say a traditional IRA would generally fall in this category, it's money that's never been taxed, and it's going to be taxed at whatever ordinary income tax bracket you fall into that year. But... You mentioned early withdrawals. We don't know your exact age, but um, if you're pulling it out too early, you're going to get a 10% penalty on top of that money. So it's it's actually worse than the paycheck money that you would normally pay pay tax on. And so, I mean, you, you kind of said this jokingly, but the optimal amount to pull out of a 401k when you're underage, according to the rules, it is zero. Yeah. All right. I don't know what else you'd add to that. I wouldn't. Uh, but in the future, say say early is a relative term as opposed to the way the IRS defines it. IRS defines it as, you know, 59 and a half. It's say, but, you know, maybe Anne's referring to 64 as opposed to, you know, later in retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Josh said, you pull that money out, it lands on your tax return on I don't know what line because they screwed all the lines up, but... Um, it's it's like ordinary income. It's tax ordinary income tax rates. You add up all your other income and subtract deductions, and there you go. Could you take it out in increments? Absolutely. In fact, we see that as a tax planning failure by lots of folks is they withdraw money from their four hundred one k or their IRA um, without saying, "Well, this is the right amount for me to pull out this year." Sometimes people pull it out, and it's more than they really need, and they the excess lands in their checking account, and it's like, "Wait a second, why?" Why'd you do that? You just paid more tax than you actually needed to. Yeah, I don't fully understand her question. I would say as a rule of thumb, you can, when you think of taking money out of your 401k early, lots of plans don't allow for 
taking money out of a 401k early, they allow for you to take it out at 59 and a half. Some plans do. Some plans allow what's called an in-service distribution, in-service withdrawal. If you do that, you can roll that money over to an IRA. And then with an IRA, you can do, you can basically take that, that stack of money and tip it on its side and take it out equally uh, over five years or until age 59 and a half, whichever is longer. That's a 72T or a substantially equal periodic payment. Yeah, you know, if we weren't speaking to Ann right now, we were just talking in generalities about how do you optimize the right amount to pull out of a retirement plan. The answer has to include a tax projection. Yeah. Because say you're not under age, um, you know, you're you're not taking early withdrawals. Maybe you're in retirement and pulling money out of an old 401k or a traditional IRA. You, you just have to be aware that there are a lot of moving parts on your tax return. And that withdrawal, pulling just a little bit more, could trigger some some taxes elsewhere, some unintended consequences elsewhere. And one of the ways that you you measure that and make sure that you're not triggering any of those potential mistakes is by running a an actual proactive tax projection that helps answer that. You know, what what's my end result going to look like if I pull this amount out versus that amount? And that's where your your certified financial planner and your tax preparer or tax advisor working together can can help make sure that as you venture into that minefield um, you don't step in the wrong spot. Okay, speaking of taxes, I'll take this last one. It, it was it's an anonymous it's an anonymous comment on one of the YouTube videos on taxes on unemployment. But there have been a gazillion of these comments because the new stimulus plan, if you're eligible, allowed for up to ten thousand two hundred dollars of unemployment to be federally tax free in 2020. If you already had taxes withheld from that, you're going to get that that back as a refund as long as you qualify. Um, but the question here from the person is, okay, so I already filed my return. Will I get that money back? And then second, does this also apply to future unemployment? If you already filed your taxes, the IRS is telling you don't amend, we'll refund the money for you. We have no idea when. Um, and second, no, this only applies for tax year 2020. Will they fix it for tax year 2021? I don't know. I saw the unemployment numbers um, improve significantly last week. So maybe not. Right now, this is only for 2020. I hope that helps. I hope that helps you make your next wise step, take your next wise step in your financial life. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.